0: The Sports Cage Podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. Our province's older people deserve to live independently and affordably in their own communities and homes. Learn more and join the movement at skseniorsmechanism.ca. Whoa. Get on your
1: seatbelt, man. Tell you, sometimes you're scrounging for stuff and other times... You got too much. It's like I went to the buffet and I got too much on my plate. My eyes are bigger than my stomach, but I'm going to try to help you help me to consume it all. Over on the other side of the glass is Sean Kleisinger, the best producer in the business. He's... Hey, wait a minute! I'm standing up here. He's not wearing any glasses today. Hallelujah! I forgot him,
2: man. I oh, s- I thought man. I thought
1: you could do without the glasses.
2: No, I, I wish, man, but uh, well, yeah, how here do you, I am.
1: How do you forget that?
2: I don't know. I I forget a lot of things in my oh. life forget to do a lot of things.
1: Zinger also. is here and he is uh, locked in and he'll uh, try to squint his way through the show, of course. Where uh, are you? Yeah, <laughs> That's okay, that's okay. I'm an ugly guy. They always say I have a face for radio so you're not missing much. As long as you can see the phones and the computer screen for right now, I'm a selfish son of a gun and that's all I really care about. I do care about your health normally. Man, do we have a show lined up? We got out of the shoot right away. Peter's puck. Peter Lubardius, outstanding commentator for the Calgary Flames will talk NHL to him. Uh, I want to tell you the show is brought to you by spreads.ca. Sign up using the uh, code CKRM and you'll receive a free $25 sports bet. I have no idea who I'd bet on to win the Stanley Cup. I have no idea, but we're going to talk Keniston Super Draft, the 38th annual before 530. You always probably got to go with the, you know, Your strategy is the four teams standing and then go from there and hopefully you get a dark horse that scores some goals like a Johnny Drews, a Chris Contos, a Fernando Pisani. We've had some inductions into the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame, including one, Zinger. I Wait a minute. Just wait a minute. How in the bloody hell isn't Reuben Mays in the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame?
2: I don't know. As of 2022, as of today, he was not in the Hall of Fame. Or that he's is a, crazy. I could not believe my eyeballs. I Who's could sit- running
1: that damn thing over there?
2: <laughs> I could see that at least, ballsy. I saw that with my vision. Okay, wait and a minute. I cannot believe it today. You
1: know how pathetic this is? Michael John Ball, who, by the way, when you say my name in its entirety, I sound like a serial killer. Michael John Ball got into the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame before Reuben Mays. Give, your pad, give yourself a pat. I got, I got <laughs> two things to say to that. That's ridiculous. And then, woo!
2: (laughs) Nice nice nature boy. I
1: got something on Ruben Mays. Yeah. Uh, There has to be a
2: reason for that. Like, what's going on there? We'll get to
1: uh, that a little later on, okay? Also, uh, the CFL trying to increase scoring because, you know, we've only had one down year of scoring where the NFL's outscored us in like the last 30 years. But we might as well change all the rules. We changed nine of them. Uh, three major ones, and I like them. Actually, I don't mind any of them, to be honest with you. Kudos on the CFL. Hash marks on CFL fields will be moved closer to the center field. Each one will be 28 yards from the nearest sideline instead of 24. As a result, there will be 9 yards apart instead of 17 yards apart. It's going to help you not you know, the Rob Bag rule where he's the 12th guy way out there and you don't use him because it's a risky wide side throw. Now, it, it, it lets you use the whole field. That's the thinking. I like it. No yards will automatically be 15 yards no matter what. So that encourages you to have the return game. Also, offenses will get more of a head start after a field goal or miss, you know, a single. The offense gets the ball at the 40 instead of the 35-yard line. And uh, when you're kicking off to start the game, it'll be from the 30, not the 35-yard line. Unless, of course, there's a safety. And then you'll kick off from the 20 instead of the 25-yard line. All to encourage more offense because offense apparently sells tickets. We will find out. We'll get more into the rules as we go along. But all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, you know what, any time. Great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. By the way, you want to weigh in on anything, uh, what you think of the rule changes, what you think of the show, good or bad, 936-6262. It is our text line powered by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one. GM dealership. Peter Lubardius joins us for his Peter's Puck segment. I promise, Peter, we will have some imaging coming up as we move along on this show. Pete, um, I don't know. You're a CFL fan. What do you think of some of those rule changes I just laid out
0: there? I don't mind them. I don't mind them. Yeah. You know, I, will it make a significant difference? Well, it'll make some difference for sure. Um, I don't mind the one about moving the hash marks in a little bit. I think that could be somewhat interesting. Um, you know, kicking the ball off, you know, in the NFL, you might as well just scrub the whole thing.
1: Yeah, it's stupid. Because every
0: kick in that league goes into the end zone and there's no returns left. So, uh, yeah, I don't mind them. I don't mind them at all. Here's what I do mind and can't even believe. How is the product of North Battle Composite High School not in that Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame.
1: Until today, he's yeah. It was announced today. Like I said, Pete Michael John Ball, the serial killer. Well, he I is...
0: understand why. I understand why you're in there because of the teams that you played on. Yes, but how this guy? This guy ran for, I believe, the number was 356 in one NFL game. Had an excellent career, and I must say. um you're probably familiar with a gentleman by the name of ray morrison i know he worked for the other guys for a long time but he doesn't anymore well we grew up together on the same crescent in saskatoon and when we were 13 at telecable 10 we called a number of high school football games and they were already calling my house back then so that probably should have told me Something. I was pissing people off at 13 <laughs> doing play by play, but I did it. And one of the games that we did was a playoff game of Ruben Mays when he played Dead North Battleford Composite.
1: Yeah, I mean, this guy, check this out. He's the only, he is the only Canadian, not Saskatchewanian, he's the only Canadian in the U.S. College Football Hall of Fame. He was he was named the Offensive Rookie of the Year with the New Orleans Saints in 1986 and was selected to the Pro Bowl twice. And he is now going into the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame. We'll hear a clip from him here before the bottom of the hour. Okay, okay, Lou. Johnny Grudrow's had a great season. 100, over 100 points. And we've talked about it. Surprised that he's done it with Calgary. Roman Yossi's got 90 points the the dude's a stud okay uh Gu- uh huberto in florida awesome player Kaprizov in minnesota you can go with the rangers goalie I think You're this. Certain. yeah, I think the NHL has Connor McDavid fatigue. Connor McDavid scored four more points last night in the barn that his idol calls home calls home, Sidney Crosby. He did it matter of factly, and as Zach Hyman said, probably could have had two or three more points. We forgot Austin Matthews, too. Two goals, sixty goals. He's only
0: got sixty.
1: Yeah, okay, okay, okay there, uh, Lou. But give me a break. The best pl- let me ask you one question, OK, Mr. NHL guy, if I gave you 500 dollars, take your flames glasses off, your son takes it, your son takes his Oilers glasses off, you have 500 dollars of sports cage money to spend, and I give you tickets in uh, 20 rows up, center ice. Is yep. there anybody else you're paying a watch really besides Connor McDavid? He is the best player in the league. He is the Hart Trophy winner. It's it's fatigue. It's Connor McDavid fatigue.
0: Let's just give it to him every year. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying well, that. But like, like it like it doesn't even matter. Like let's just like let's just give it to him every year. It doesn't matter that nobody scored sixty and. How many years? It doesn't matter that there's a defenseman with ninety three points. Um, you see, I will say this. Okay, you're biased. Yes, but That's I'm for sure. Yes, right?
1: but look at the look at it, man.
0: Right, just hold it. Hang on. Hang on. Does the award read the definition of the award? Hmm. Does it say the the do you honestly think that there isn't an argument for other guys this year in regards to who's been equally as valuable to the success of their respective teams?
1: Are you going to tell me, Peter Lubardius, that there, yeah, is, some, there is somebody on their team that's more valuable than Connor, if yeah, they, Oh, I'd like to hear this argument. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to sit yeah, back okay. and take. I got my popcorn popping. Go and be blasphemous. Yeah, Go ahead, I'm, Lubartius.
0: I'm, and I'm going to start with somebody that you're not even going to believe. And it's Roman Yossi. Where the hell would the Nashville Predators be without Roman Yossi, who has 93 points as a defenseman? 93 points. 22 goals, 93 points, leads his team in scoring, plays 25 and a half minutes a game, was more points. The last time a defenseman had this many points in the NHL, the guy's name was Ray
1: I, I, I take I'll take that under advisement.
0: <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh... Uh, Listen, listen, I say it every time I come on and we get into this, okay? And that is this. Is he the most exciting, most dangerous player with a hockey puck in, in the league? Maybe in history? Yes, he is. Is he always the most valuable to his team in comparison? Well, one thing that hurts him, to be honest, is some guy from Germany who's only got fifty-five goals. They got yeah. two weapons over there.
1: I agree. I agree. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. If you were, if you were to start a team today, who are you going to start it with, Leon Draisaitl or Connor McDavid? Who creates chance after chance?
0: It'd be a hard choice for me. Really? Yeah, it would. And you know what? If you told me today. I get one player to start a franchise with. Mm-hmm. It might not even be those two.
3: Well,
1: that's just, or, or, that's just, that's just out of, that's out, I can I can't, I'm speechless and I'm hardly ever speechless. Who, who would it be? Who would it be right now then?
0: There's, there's this young gentleman from Calgary who plays defense in Colorado. His name is Cale McCall. Mm-hmm. And if I had the number one pick overall to take anybody I could, I might be hard class not to go with them.
1: Okay. By the way, Pete, I just want to say I do respect you, but I, I, I have to call you out sometimes when I, I, I just can't. It can't, well, all be, you
0: should. You should.
1: it can't all be salt and vinegar, chips, and, and gum here on this show. And, you know?
0: whole, and your whole listening audience probably thinks I'm absolutely bananas.
1: Well, oh, I do. I don't but know I'm, about them. But
0: I'm here to tell you, I'm not.
3: Okay. <laughs> hey, hey.
1: Okay. I am,
0: I am not. And you know what? What? Yes. When when your main man over there wins a Stanley Cup. Hmm. Come, make sure you phone
1: me. I can't wait. I can't. You know what? I can't wait, Lubartius. This is what I can't wait for. Me God. and me and your son to tag team up on you because the Oilers are going to beat the Calgary Flames in the Battle of Alberta.
0: I'm not talking to you or him for two weeks.
1: Well, yeah, you are because I'm going to pay you to come on here and talk to me, and I'm just going to rub it You're in. Actually,
0: sure you can pay me enough. <laughs>
1: Hey, uh, before I let you go, though, can we be in agreement about this? Can we be? In- Everybody jumps down the Canadian Football League's throat because they don't market their stars. I am one of them. All right. Whether it's Austin Matthews, Roman Yossi, McCarr, McDavid, Drysaitel, Goudreau, the list goes on and on and on. The NHL is actually more egregious in that than the CFL. If you take the money they have and the TV deals, they do a terrible job of marketing. Their superstars, and that's why they'll never be on the level playing field of uh, of an NBA, a Major League Baseball, or an NFL. Just absolutely, they are the CFL of the Big Four when it comes to marketing.
0: You know, it's it's. It, I don't disagree. First of all, um, you know, part of it is let's not kid anybody. There's the NFL, and then these days, there's almost everybody else combined um the n the n b a is different because you play with five guys mm-hmm. and the person... i mean i'll be, i'll be honest what kind of hurts hockey but i like it in a sense is hockey's nature has never really said we're okay with people being different yeah we we've, we've and, and in our society we've kind of lost characters because most of the time they get absolutely hammered on social media. But part of it is, part of it is some of hockey's, you know, best people, like if, if winning and marketing is about that donkey Kyrie Irving or that other donkey who's a great player of the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant,
3: Mm you can
0: have it. You can have it. Sorry. You can have it. (laughs) I don't need it.
1: Good point. But
0: but I I agree with you in the reference that, yes, hockey has some of the best people with the best stories. But it's always kind of been ingrained that, you don't want to necessarily you know stand out sometimes above the rest
1: yeah no it's a good point and you know it, it it's kind of Canadian by nature to sit back and maybe that's why I kind of tie the CFL into the NHL but both leagues need to step up their game Lou this was fun one of the best uh, have yourself a, a great rest of the week and I can't wait I can't wait for the playoffs I absolutely can't wait
0: you know what I you know what though can we have a World Cup so then at least we can
1: cheer for that guy together at once? Okay, that'd be good. That'd be good. <laughs> okay, brother, love you. Take care. Okay,
0: okay, same here.
1: Bye-bye. Take care. That's Peter Lubartius. Peter's That We had a fiery segment to start the show. We're going to talk about the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame inductees, get a comment from Ruben Mays, and uh, a statement from the riders on the rule changes, including one that's going to affect how it looks at the stadium. This is the Sports Cage for spreads.ca on six. CKRM. Ah, yeah. Play them in. The Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame induction class. And the inductees in the athletics category for 2022 are pole vaulter Kelsey Henry, sprinter Harry Jerome. And football player Ruben Mays. We'll get to that in a second. The inductees in the Builders category, longtime official Tony Bierling and artist Bill Brown, uh, Brownridge. The uh, 2022 induction ceremony will be taking place on September 24th at the Connexus Art Center. Along with the class of 2022 being recognized, the class of 2021 will also be recognized since the ceremony was restricted to a uh, virtual ceremony last year. Some of the 2021 inductees include 2013 Saskatchewan Rough Riders football team, the 2000-2001 University of Regina Cougars, soccer player Kalen Kyle, and also uh, Olympic bobsledder Lyndon Rush. But yeah, back to Ruben Mays. Uh, here are his comments virtually today when it was announced he's going into the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame.
2: I'm so excited to be inducted into the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame Class of 2022. This award is so meaningful because of the core values of giving back and building long-term relationships and being the best was all shaped when I was growing up in North Battleford and surrounding communities. It's also meaningful because I get to acknowledge people like my parents and Don Hodgins and many others who helped me get me where I am today. So thank you, thank you, thank you for this very prestigious honor.
0: So
1: this guy seems very uh, sincere in, in uh, having that honor bestowed upon him. Like I said, he's the only Canadian who's currently in the U.S. College Football Hall of Fame, Offensive Rookie of the Year in the NFL and the NFC there with the New Orleans Saints, and was a two-time Pro Bowler. So there you go, number 36, Reuben Mays. And like we said earlier, Zinger, hard to believe he wasn't in already.
2: A guy in the NFL from North Battleford who had over 3,000 yards rushing in the NFL. He had uh, like over 20 touchdowns. And he's not in the Saskatchewan. Well, he is now. I guess he is now. Like, how does that happen? Mm -hmm. I I don't know how that happens. But hey, I'm happy for him. We're all happy for him. That's just uh, caught me off guard when I saw his name come up in the press. Well, you're the first
1: guy that uh, you know. You said that to me. I'm like, yeah, that's right, Zinger. That's why I like you because you're not just a producer. You know sports. Uh, Hash marks on CFL fields will be moved closer to center field. Each one will be 28 yards from the nearest sidelines instead of 24. As a result. They will be 9 yards apart instead of 17 yards apart, therefore helping us use the field in its entirety. Now, uh, what's the date today, Zinger? April 27th. That's less than a month from the preseason game on Victoria Day here against the... uh, Bombers. Monday night football. Monday night preseason football tonight. I'm Yeah, me and my rowdy friends <laughs> on a Monday night. Anyway, uh, here's a statement from your Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We're currently working with the city of Regina to get the turf re-sewn to align with the new hash mark locations announced by the CFL. We hope to have this in place for our preseason game on May 23rd, as we just referenced. However... As we share Mosaic Stadium with other community groups, timing may not allow us to have the work completed by then. If this is the case, we will need to use a temporary option like paint for the uh, preseason before the permanent work is completed. Now this change will come with the cost that will be covered by the Rough Riders, but we fully support the new rule and we're excited to see the changes it will have. On our game, so that's the statement from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We'll try to get Craig Dickinson as he is every Thursday, on the show tomorrow, as we'll be live from the U of R Rams' 53rd annual Sportsman's Dinner. He will be there along with uh, our friend Mike Pinball Clements to uh, raise money for that great franchise the university of regina rams coming up on the other side of the break we're going to speak with john hodge from three down nation him and i'll chop up the rules some more you can weigh in 936-6262 what do you think of the cfl rule changes who do you think the mvp in the nhl should be do you agree with me connor mcdavid or somebody else that's the question connor mcdavid or somebody else rule changes you like my singing do you hate my singing Whatever, William, in, 936-6262, our text line brought to you by Capital, GMC, Buick, Cadillac. We're back with the three donations, John Hodge, old hodgepodge, next in the sports cage on 620 CKRM. This show is brought to you by spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and get 15 free spins on the slot machine for a chance to win one million dollars. Brian Raymond, our old buddy over there at Flowing Springs wants to uh, let us know that um, over there at Flowing Springs over the weekend, the driving range. Uh, it, it's going to open here. Actually, sorry. Uh, it's going to open on Monday. So there you go. On Monday, the weather we have a bit of rain on the weekend. 15 to more of the rain and then we'll be, be back to golf season. I know our buddy Luke Mulliner's a big fan of that. Let's head out on the Western Pizza Hotline and talk with John Hodge of Three Down Nation. No hodgepodge here. This guy gives us the straight goods. Now, you have a great column called Insider Talk that I encourage people to check out. We were going to kind of chop that one up, John, but then the rule changes came out on Three Down Nation and and the CFL.ca website, so I want to break them down with you if you don't mind. And actually, to be honest with you, I always look at... uh, I like to think of uh, uh, as myself or of myself as an optimist, but when it comes to the CFL, because I'm passionate, because I love the league and I want it to succeed, sometimes I go the other way and I I can be negative. But there aren't, there's not really anything in here that I can see that I don't like. First of all, the hash marks, are uh, are uh, moving closer to the sideline so that we actually have use of the whole field. And it, I, I like to call it here, I call it the Rob Bag rule. Just throw Rob Bag or Mitch Pickton on the wide side, and we just have to have him out there for a roster spot. So I like the fact that now it'll let you utilize that guy more.
4: Yes. And I mean, I think this was a source of a lot of anxiety for CFL fans this offseason. There was talk about. You know, completely reassessing all aspects of the game. Talk about four downs. Talk about, you know, eliminating the ratio. This, that, and the other thing. And and I, I'm I'm with you, Ballsy. I really like these changes that have been made. I think they will genuinely make the CFL a better and more interesting league. And talking to people about this hash marks thing. know, for context. The hash marks are currently about 17 yards away. They're going to move nine yards away. So what half that space is going to be gone. And what that's going to do is it's it's absolutely going to make that wide side of the field, the field side of the field, uh, easier, I think, for offenses to attack. Right now, the problem with the hash marks being so far apart is that to make that wide side throw, even if a guy is only, let's say, eight yards down the field, it's a 45-yard throw in, in a lot of circumstances. And that's tough right for quarterbacks to make it's tough for that uh, that route to develop and it's said as you've led sometimes to teams you know just kind of throwing a receiver out there and never looking his way what this is going to do is it's going to bring the wide side of the field back into play and really force defenses to not just cover half the field but to cover the whole darn thing which as we know given its great size is a lot easier said than done.
1: Yeah, for sure. Now, another change. Offenses will get more of a head start after a made field goal or single point drives will start from the 40-yard line instead of the 35. And teams kicking off for any reason will do so from their 30 instead of the 35. So, for instance, after touchdown or at the start of a game, the only exception, obviously, when there is a safety, and then therefore it's at the 20 instead of the 25. Uh, that's one thing about our game. The other one is it's a 15-yard, uh, no-yards penalty no matter what. I love the fact we don't have a fair catch. I don't know if I'm really... Referees, that, that no-yards is a very tic tacky y call, very subjective. So that'll be interesting. But I like the fact we're encouraging the return game because we have that over the NFL. Yeah, if
4: there's one way in which the NFL has really taken a Get back. I think in recent years they they've seen points overall increase. They've seen offense increase. But but anybody who's watched an NFL game in the last couple of years knows that that their return game is dead. You know, almost every single kickoff sails through the end of the end zone. There's there's very few returns. When there are returns in the punt return game, as you said, the, the fair catch seems to come up all the time. And the advantage the CFL has is with that big old field, you can have exciting returns, which is one of the most exciting things in football as, as far as I'm concerned. So doing this, I mean, the, the, the kickoff thing is what it is. You know, it, 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 I think it's arbitrarily, artificially a way of moving offenses up a little bit. But with the 15 no yards, I, I think that's a great way to, to really incentivize big returns. Because right now, if the ball hits the turf on a punt, as a guy on the cover team, you can basically stand beside the returner tackle him as soon as he touches the football, and you're only penalized five Mm -hmm. yards for that. I don't know about you, Baldy, but if I'm a coach, I'm happy to tell my guys, hey, if that ball hits the turf, get up into the returner's grill, because we'd rather take a five-yard penalty and eliminate any possibility of a return than risk somebody breaking it. Now, with it being 15 yards no matter what, I think you're going to see more big returns, because frankly, cover guys are going to be particularly hesitant to get inside that five yard halo and take that big penalty
1: so one of the great contributors at the awesome website three down nation john hodge joining me here on the western pizza hotline i actually i actually brought this up and everybody i brought it up to uh didn't mind it i've talked about it for a long time when i call amateur football over at libel field and i coached it too yeah, when you want to encourage kicking. So when the kicker comes out, the young kid, and he makes a field goal, say, 20 yards, and it, it's still three points. But anything 30 and out is four points. I had said in the CFL, strategically and stuff, we should make two more changes to the kicking game. If it's over 50 yards, it's a four-point field goal if it's made. And... In U-sports, you I don't know if it's the same in junior, but in U-sports, if you kick the ball in the end zone and the guy brings it out, even if he gets it to the one-yard line, it automatically comes out to the 20. I would like to see, in the future, those two made to the CFL, too. And I know Craig Dickinson, when I brought the last one, he said, you know, we did talk about that, but it didn't get passed. So that's that. those are two changes I'd like to see the kicking game yet.
4: I really like that second one, because if there's there's one thing that pro football i mean any any sport really should be trying to get rid of it dead plays right it's it's plays that aren't interesting to me that's a big problem with the nfl's kickoffs you come back from commercial the kickoff is a dead play and you go back to commercial and You kind of go okay what was the point of that right like i may as well have gotten up and grabbed a drink uh, if you're trying to eliminate dead plays that you're right that is one that often happens to the cfl is the missed field goal returner catches it takes a knee and at that point you know, why bother, right? Uh, sometimes it, it can be exciting if a returner's running around the end zone or someone's trying to kill a clock. But uh, I particularly like that rule because even if you only got out to the one-yard line, first of all, you're saving your team the point. And secondly, you know, we've, we've seen it before, right, where returners will bring the ball out, get caught at the two-yard line, and they have to run back to the bench to get near full from their coach. Mm-hmm. Right? This way, if you get to the two-yard line, you've saved your team the point, and you still get – you know, not great field position, but certainly much better than being in the shadow of your own goalposts. So, right. And it's a shame that it didn't pass because I liked that. Idea.
1: And there's, strate- there's strategy in that too because you got to worry about the fat guys running down trying to cover it and they get tired. They can't make a tackle, touchdown the other way. I don't know. I I know it when I brought this up to Dickets, and he's the only guy that said maybe it's a bit gimmicky, but you got to think outside the box. You talk about dead plays. How about that would get rid of maybe the coffin corner punt and that type of stuff? Now, I know that's an art form, but hardly anybody does it anymore. You know, you're at the 40, I know when there was the semifinal game, Calgary Parades was struggling here, so it's like, they were like the 45-yard line, and, and Dave Dickinson decided to punt it instead of go for a field goal, but if you say, hey, okay, this is a 52-yard field goal, this is worth four points, that might change some strategy, too, and then it opens up the whole return game on a missed field goal, too.
4: Yeah, and we have seen teams at times shy away from those long field goals, right, and opt for the coffin corner punt and Coaches will talk all day about the importance of field position, and at the end of the day, they're they're absolutely right. Of course, you need to, you know, the field position is a big part of the game. But I don't think any casual fan has ever tuned into a football game and said, "You know what? I'm really excited to watch the field position battle." Like that's that's what I'm here for. That's not what people are. Here for. They're, <laughs> to, they're there to watch massive catches. They're there to watch big collisions. They're there to watch exciting returns. That's what it's all about. That's what that's what fans want to see. And so, absolutely, you know, if something's a little gimmicky, I don't think that matters, provided that uh, provided that you're generating excitement. I think the CFL's done that through a lot of these changes. But you're right. I mean, there's always ways to to change and improve the game. And, and having you know, uh, start to finish, if you could if you could somehow have the game you know perfected, so to speak, without a single dead play in the whole thing. Then uh, absolutely, you're going to have a better game, no questionable about
1: Okay, so I, I I go to your website. You guys break a lot of stories, um, and so I'll give you credit. So there's a lot of things I see in there. Wow, that's great. Good digging. I will say this now. I don't know if if you guys mentioned. I didn't see it. I see it here on the on the on the article here, the Three Down Nation. One of the proposed changes. Glenn Suter and I talked about this about a month or so ago, and we were talking about if we were going to do rule changes, and we're like, whoa, just hold on, the NFL's only outscored the CFL one year in the last decade, and it was last year when the CFL was coming off a year off, the only pro league to take a year off, so let's just cool our jets, trying to make it an all-offensive game, but Glenn did say two quarterbacks should be allowed on the field at the same time, provided all other ratio rules are satisfied, which would allow for some different play calling from a guy like Jason Moss or Buck Pierce who like to cook things up. So I don't know if they were listening to the show, but I do give Glenn Souter credit because he did mention that uh, a month and a half or so ago, and I didn't see anybody else talk about that, but that is an interesting change too.
4: I think it's a great change, and it's one of those things where you know the CFL has, for as long as I know, had that roster designation where once a player is deemed a quarterback, which you know it's almost irrespective of or irrespective of nationality right the way it's works is you got your canadians you got your your americans you got your globals and you have your quarterbacks who you know they, they did change it a couple years ago so if a canadian quarterback start they count as a canadian starter but they don't necessarily count as a Canadian on the
5: roster which is a little
4: strange
1: that's stupid that's that's, that's, that's stupid John let's be honest that's stupid <laughs> I'm serious if we were going to talk about if we were going to talk about the nationalization of Americans which I'm not against then you cannot have Michael O'Connor sitting on that roster and he's not a Canadian that's ridiculous
4: yeah it's it, it's basically a a position that is not counted within everything else which you know uh, and I'll say this too: in the NFL, you're just on the roster or not. The CFL, you almost need like uh, a team accountant to, to keep track of all the way that things work, uh, like or an actuary or something, because the roster rules <laughs> are very complicated. Uh, but, anyways, aside from that, you know, to, we we've seen guys like Chris Streveller you know, do more than just stand back and throw the football. Um, Trey Ford, who's a really exciting mm-hmm. player in this year's draft at Waterloo. Has got four four speed. You know he's a track star as well as, as being you know in a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. Um, the more that you can do to open up the playbook and have you know the possibility of let's say you know let, let's say hypothetically Trey Ford gets drafted by the Ottawa Redblacks. Well, if Jeremiah Masoli can snap the ball, hit Trey Ford on a, on a on a wide receiver screen, and then Trey Ford can throw the ball forty yards down the field. I think that makes your league better than it otherwise would have been. And, you know, you can get finicky and and maybe dress a quarterback as something else, you know, say he's a receiver and, Mm and have him throw a pass. We've seen players in the NFL do that. Julian Edelman did it, right? He was a college quarterback, played receiver for the New England Patriots. He'd throw a pass every now and again, but this just opens up the possibilities. I love the idea of seeing two quarterbacks on the field at the same time and Absolutely. Shout out to Suits. That's a great idea. I'm glad the CFL's run with it.
1: Insider Talk with John Hodge. He's got the new uh, column out. It's great. It's a great read. Go check it out at 3 Down Nation. Thanks, John.
4: My pleasure. Anytime.
1: That's John Hodge from 3 Down Nation. We'll be back with a pick six and
2: Zinger with a sports update on 620 CKRM. 448 with the Sports Cage Sports Ticker. It's brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. 781 2090. The Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame has announced the induction class of 2022. The inductees in the athletics category are pole vaulter Kelsey Hendry, sprinter Harry Jerome, and former NFLer Ruben Mays from North Battleford, Saskatchewan. Uh, induction ceremony will be September 24th at the Conexus Art Center. And the Riders have signed defensive back Levante Taylor and running back Frankie Hickson. Taylor was signed by the Los Angeles Rams as an undrafted free agent in 2020. And Hickson spent five seasons with Liberty University and had nearly 3,000 yards rushing and 30 touchdowns. Two games in the NBA playoffs tonight. Chicago faces elimination in Milwaukee. 5.30 start time in Game 5. Nuggets at Warriors. Golden State up. Three games to one, and in the NHL, five games. Philadelphia at Winnipeg, Canadians at the Rangers, Vegas, Chicago, Coyotes, Stars, and Kings take on the Seattle Kraken.
1: And thanks to the best producer-slash-operator in the business, Sean Kleisinger, for that sports update. Time now for the Pick 6, where we look at six stories that we'll elaborate more on. How about this, number one. Connor McDavid entered yesterday relishing the test of the twice-per-season matchup against his boyhood idol, Sidney Crosby. He aced it. As he was December 1st in the head-to-head battle with Sid, McDavid was the best player on the ice against the Penguins. He recorded a goal and three assists, helping the Oilers to a lopsided 5-1 win. He has 122 points, and as I talk here, he's seven points clear of Jonathan Huberdeau of the Florida Panthers in the race for the Art Ross as the leading point-getter in the NHL. Yes, Austin Matthews has had a great season with 60 goals, and Johnny Goudreau had his best year as an NHLer with over 100 points, and Roman Yossi in Nashville is a stud defenseman. But nobody is better than Connor McDavid. He's the most valuable to his team and the league. By the way, this league does a terrible job of marketing at stars. When you consider the dollars the NHL has in comparison to the CFL, it's not even close. And we always bitch and whine about the CFL. It's time to point our fingers at the NHL. The Matthews, the Yossies, the McDavid's, the Sidles, the Goudros. Let's get some marketing for these guys. It's crazy. Number two on the pick six. The Winnipeg Ice are a juggernaut. The Ice opened a 4-0 first period lead and never looked back on their way to a 10-1 victory over the PA Raiders in Prince Albert. Mikey Milne's first WHL playoff hat-trick led the way offensively for the Ice. They scored a shorthanded goal, three power play goals, and held the Raiders off the score sheet when they had the power play. And Winnipeg outshot PA, 36 to 19. I fully expect the ice to put the Raiders out of their misery tonight. Four things you can count on in this world. Death, taxes, ballsy ticking somebody off, and the Blades playoff full job. Cordell Larson's OT winner lifted Moose Jaw past Saskatoon 3-2 and gives the Warriors a stranglehold 3-0 series lead in that affair. We'll see if the no-show Blades can keep their playoff hopes alive tonight. Number three on the pick six, and it's good news for the CFL. The first ever regular season game being held in Nova Scotia on July 16th between our Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Argos, sold out in one hour. 10,000 tickets snapped up just like that. Now, they're looking at expanding seating, so that's even more good news. The CFL week, which was gaining some traction before the pandemic, should return, and I think it should be held every year in Regina, like I said. After, after we hold the next one in Atlantic Canada. We need to make one final push to try and make this 10th team happen in the CFL. They've been talking about this since the mid-60s, believe it or not. Now, I'm definitely not as optimistic as Glenn Suter and Luke Mulliner that there will be a team. But, we definitely need to try and I'd love to see one. It would do wonders for the schedule and uniting the whole country. Number four in the pick six. In the wake of 49ers receiver Debo Samuel requesting a trade last week, San Francisco GM John Lynch said he doesn't envision a scenario in which the first-team All-Pro player gets his wish. Quote, I can't ever imagine wanting to move on from Debo. He's just too good of a player. Samuel, a second-round pick in 2019, entering the final year of his rookie deal, which would pay him just under $4 million. Last season he led the NFL in yards per catch at 18.2 and San Francisco reached the NFC Championship game before losing by a whisker to the Rams. Samuel had 154 yards receiving and 137 rush yards in 3 playoff games. Great multi-purpose weapon, but the rushing yards does give you a little pause for concern cuz it expediates the tread off the tires, so i don't know if teams want to give him big wide receiver money which seems to be all the rage you got to think if the niners aren't blown away by a trade offer expect them to keep samuel this would open the real possibility of a standoff since samuel's camp obviously is displeased with the situation at the moment the niners though have ultimate leverage and they've been down this road before over the past two off seasons the 49ers have reached Positional record contracts with tight end George Kittle and defender Fred Warner. Both were entering their fourth years at the time as Samuel is now right before the start of training camp. I'd put Debo in the same category as Titans receiver AJ Brown and Seahawks receiver DK Metcalf. And by the way, all of them have the same agent. Number five on the pick six, home runs are down in Major League Baseball compared to recent Aprils. And the first thing to ask, of course, is why? Is it because of the ball? Or the humidors installed in 20 new stadiums this past off season, or some combination of the two? And depending on the cause, will the rate rise in the summer months when MLB expects that the humidors may actually increase offense rather than decrease it? A problem too, the strikeout rate, which has been soaring run scoring is down big back down to 1980s levels if the current trends hold at the moment hitters might be behind pitchers coming off a shortened spring in 2022 just as they were coming off a shortened spring in 2020 because of the pandemic but help might be on the way. You see, rosters will be cut from 28 to 26 on May 2nd, and teams for the first time will be restricted to carrying a set number of pitchers. Starting pitchers then might need to go longer when extra relievers aren't available. Hitters, you'd have to assume, would benefit from seeing relievers more often during a series. In the end, (laughs) I wouldn't get too worried about runs. The weather has sucked everywhere this April. It's the worst April I can remember for weather in a long time. And, by the way, we shouldn't be playing baseball, for instance, in Minnesota in April or October, for that matter. Shorten the damn season. It's the boys of summer, not the boys of frigid spring or fall. And number six on the pick six doesn't have to do with sports. We like to tie in some lifestyle stuff into the show, too. of people want to accomplish more life goals this year than ever before. And then there are those of you who want to accomplish a life goal this year, but just don't know what that life goal really is, which is when we here at the Sports Cage step in and help you fulfill some life goals if you can't come up with them. How about this one? Get more sleep by nagging Mike Tyson on an airplane. He'll smack you around. You'll have a lot of stories. Learn a life skill that will exponentially enrich your life, like siphoning your neighbor's gas when he's not looking. Eat more plants, smoke the rest of them. Legal, right? Another life goal that I'm going to propose to you here at the sports cage that you're having trouble thinking about: pursue your passion. Yes, pursue it. Unless your passion is dating Johnny Depp or Amber Heard. Have you seen that trial? Uh, Then don't pursue your passion. And the top life goal you can have for this year to accomplish, start a charity for people in need. Charity is great. That charity could be for employees at 620 CKRM, (laughs) like Zinger and I. We need your help.
2: The Sports Cage Podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. Advocating for Saskatchewan's older people for 30 years. skseniorsmechanism.ca
1: And wherever you're listening, however you're listening on this hump day, hump day for the week, Wednesday, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. We know you got choices. Thanks for choosing us. The show is brought to you by spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM, and they'll match your first deposit of $25 to $250. Our text line, 936-6262. Brought to you by Capital GMC Buick Cadillac, Saskatchewan's number one GM dealership. We're asking you to weigh in on anything uh, that you want to. couple of topics we're kicking around. The rule changes in the CFL. Uh, nine of them made uh, a few of them of the major variety, and we'll touch on that in a second with our next guest, who is very tapped into the CFL. Uh, also, we're asking you, who is the MVP of the NHL? I say Connor Mc. The, the choices are Connor McDavid and everybody else. I think Connor McDavid's the he is the winner, but it's because of Connor McDavid fatigue that everybody's kind of looking past him. I liken it. I'll tell you this right now. I liken it to one of our salesmen here, okay? Mm. We used to be a radio announcer on this station, Perry Nice. The guy is hitting home runs all over the place when it comes to sales. And he can win the sales award every year, hands down. But after a while, we start spreading the love to other salespeople for awards. And I'm not saying they shouldn't get it because we got a lot of great salespeople back there. But when you're the best, why should you be penalized because you can get it every year? You're the best. If you're the best, you're the best. You're the best, Right. Oh yeah, that's, no my doubt opi- about it. that's my opinion. Like I you're don't. You're asking me. I'm, I'm 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 with you, man. So nine three six sixty two sixty two. Who is the uh, texter there that you're talking? I
2: about? I got uh, Kim in Saskatoon uh, has a comment on the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, that's uh, another
1: topic. Reuben Mays goes in.
2: Yeah, Balzy and Zinger. Kim says uh, I was shocked that Reuben and Harry Jerome were not already in the hall, especially Harry Jerome, who set. A world record in the 100-yard dash at Griffith Stadium here in Saskatoon in the 1960s. And guys, my age... Uh, And guys my age, remember as kids listening to the radio to hear what Ruben did in the NFL. He's the reason why I have a Washington State University bunny hug. You know, Kim's from Saskatchewan when he's using the term bunny hug.
1: Kim knows his stuff because Jerome, born in PA, would go on to win seven world records as a sprinter. He would uh, go to compete in the Olympics on three different occasions, including winning a bronze medal in the 64 summer games. And as Kim alluded to when he was 19, Jerome ran a world record time in the 100 me- uh, meter at the Olympic trials in Saskatoon. So a uh, good on uh, Kim for that text. Thank you very much. Keep texting. You never know we're going to give a prize away. Got lots of things in, lots the, of things in the tickle in, trunk in back Zinger's tickle trunk. He <laughs> likes to be tickled over there. I so do. He <laughs> does. Even though he forgot his glasses, he wouldn't know who's tickling him. <laughs> Let's head out on the Western Pizza hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. That was a creepy voice by the way. Uh, anytime. A <laughs> great time to order Western Pizza. Ask your local Western Pizza location about their specials. This guy covers football. He covers hockey. He covers the CFL. The NFL, U Sports, NHL, NFL—all over the place. Farhan Lalji from TSN. First off, Farhan, who's the MVP of the NHL?
6: Well, it should be Connor McDavid, and it's part of it is McDavid fatigue, as you said, but part of it is also Austin Matthews got 60 and lives in Toronto, right? So yeah. that changes the world as well. Uh, so he's going to get a, a long look at this award, and I'm sure he's going to get more than his share of votes just because of where he plays. How the hell? is did Ruben May's and Harry Jerome already not in the, in the Hall of Fame Boom. is right
1: are you serious? Yeah, guess what, Farhan? I, play, I played on the 1993 undefeated Regina Rams, okay? I, and I, you're I, in the Hall of Fame. And I am in the Hall of Fame before Jerome and Reuben Mays. I got to say two things. You're right. How the hell? Wow. And the second thing, Woo! I beat, I, I have something on Reuben Mays, who, by the way, is the only Canadian in the U.S. College Football Hall of Fame right now.
6: Well, you know, and I only do radio with Hall of Famers, so that's why I'm here.
1: <laughs> and I only do it with guys like you, who's, who knows a lot about everything. Let' We'll get to the CFL in a second. Let's quickly touch on the NFL draft. You were there in Vegas. What kind of spectacles is this going to be?
6: It's going to be awesome. You know, uh, they're doing it uh, at the at the Bellagio where the Fountains, mm-hmm. are, right? So they've got stuff going on in Caesars, and they've got stuff going on at the Bellagio, and being down there for the setup today, it's going to be just electric tomorrow, right? The NFL does a great job with this event, especially ever since they've moved it. You know, and uh, it was it was great when there was a Radio City Music Hall in in uh, New York, but now they've taken it on the road and it's such a signature event for the league. Uh, Nashville was a lot of fun the last time we were able to travel pre-COVID and go to it all and. Uh, vegas is going to hit a home run this is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow night. yeah
1: for sure okay talk about a couple of the canadians that are uh... going to be uh, drafted tomorrow we know uh, Mechie, uh... everybody's comparing to i've heard a lot of people compared to jarvis landry former dolphin and uh... cleveland brown receiver yeah. uh... just to talk about a couple of the guys going from a canadian perspective
6: yeah you know uh, as far as bet concerned it's a, it's another really deep receiver class and there could be as many as seven. I've seen in some highly respected analysts mocks seven receivers going in the first round. Wow. And Mechie's grade is somewhere in kind of that eight to ten range. Um, so I expect him to go mid to late second round. I know. It, I think over under on him is fifty six and a half, and I think he'll go before fifty six and a half, but not much before that, uh, which is too bad. I think he's. I think he is every bit of first round talent. The injury has affected his draft stock more than it has his teammate Jameson Williams or even. Drake London from USC, who's coming off a broken ankle. Uh, Those guys are going to go in the first round for sure. And, um, you know, there's a lot of teams that are interested, uh, including the New England Patriots. We're talking about Mechie as a second-round pick to repair him with um, Mac Jones, you know, his former quarterback at at, uh, Alabama. So I don't think he's going to last too long on Friday. And then as far as Jesse Lucchetta is concerned, a little plug here, Dave Naylor's got a fantastic feature coming up with him on SportsCenter today, if you haven't already seen it. Um, Jesse's just a great, great guy, great character, who had a very good senior season at Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll likely go somewhere in the fifth round, I would say. You know, there's some teams that, that of note that are really interested in him that have brought him in for visits, the Packers, the Steelers. Uh, there's a few others that have shown quite a bit of interest in him. Um, and uh, he's a versatile player, uh, you know, can put his hand in the ground and rush the passer. He can drop out into coverage, can play on all your special teams. He's a high-character guy. I think he's going to be pretty sought after as well. But, you know, again, probably Saturday in the later rounds. Is there
1: is, it, uh, is there concern over Mechie's knee? Because, of course, we know how his college season ended.
6: Well, there there is to a point, right? Like, number one, uh, he couldn't do the combine. He couldn't do the pro day. And that's what happens to all these guys. They elevate, right? Trayvon Walker is going to be the number one pick in the draft simply because of combine season, right? Um, and just what he's done athletically. So he hasn't been able to do that. What I find kind of awkward about that is that Jameson Williams is a month behind Mechie with the same injury, right? Like, he's got the ACL, Mechie's happened in the SEC championship game, Williams happened in the national championship game. So, um, people, the scouts believe that Williams is going to open the season on the pup list meaning physically unable able to perform so he won't be ready until October whereas Mechie's going to be cleared at the end of June and he's going to be ready for training camp mm. so uh, you know and London uh, Drake London from USC hasn't run a 40 yet since, uh, since breaking his ankle during the regular season it hasn't hurt his draft stock but for whatever reason it's taken Mechie from the bottom of the first round to as late as the bottom of the second round in my mind Uh, which is unfortunate because I think you should go higher than that.
1: All right, the CFL made some rule changes of Farhan, um, nine of them, I guess, in total. Uh, Let's start with a couple of the big ones, hash marks. I know you and I touched on this a while ago. We didn't know to what extent or if it would happen. Um, I like that. It takes away. I, I say it takes away from the whole Rob Bag kind of effect where he, he's a good player, but we just got to fill the spot. So let's put a Canadian on the wide side of the field as a receiver, you know, kind of a Mitch Picton type. And if, we, if he gets 12 catches a year, great. I think now it helps you utilize the whole field.
6: Yeah. And it also makes it harder to hide a, a corner at the field side corner, right? Because that had been the recent trend, not playing them at safety and playing them at field corner. So it just gets everybody involved, which is good. And I think an underrated part of this is you're going to see even more activity on the boundary side because now that just got expanded.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point.
6: Yeah, I think it's a win for, um, I think it's it's a win. Look, is it going to completely change the game? I don't think it is. Um, but I, I do think it is going to have an impact in terms of bringing everyone else into play. They didn't move them in as much as I think they had talked about at one point just because they don't want to be directly under the goalposts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the NFL, you can do that. The goalposts are at the back of the end zone. You can't do that here. So I think it's a positive step. I think all the rules that they that they put in are positive tweaks, right, as far as uh, you've got to be five yards back on kickoffs. If you don't want the kickoff and you want to take the ball, you can get it at the 40. You know, there's a the... Um, the official that's going to be on the sideline to be able to communicate with the coaches. Constantly. Right. That's a big one. Yeah. I'm going to bring the head referee over. Like there's a bunch of things like that, the command center, It'll all improve game flow. Uh, so I think uh, there's nothing earth shattering here, you know, for everybody that was freaking out about four downs, um, you know, nothing like that happened. We'll see where the ratio goes as far as the CBA talks, but I think all the little tweaks that they've done this time around, I, I think are, are generally a positive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, one thing I had mentioned earlier in the show as it relates to kicking, they do it in U Sports. If we were I think this is an advantage that the CFL, the Canadian game has over the American game. The kicking game has kind of been basically rendered useless for the most part in the NFL. We still have it here. In U Sports, when there's a missed kick you bring it out uh, out of the end zone. If you only get it out to the 1, they automatically take it out to the 20 to encourage the return game. I'd love to see that implemented in the uh, CFL, like I'd like to see the long PAT implemented in U sports or even college football to get these guys ready for pro football.
6: Uh, both good points, and I know that they did discuss the U sports rule. I, I, I can't recall why the rationale was I didn't really want to pursue it uh, any further but um, yeah i mean I, I think they should do that I, i'm not a failure point guy i don't like the rouge from missed mm-hmm. field goals mm-hmm. right like i think it, you know especially the short field goals that miss and get run out of the end zone and I, you don't even have the opportunity to return them and i've had people say to me well that means you've got a really good drive and you've got really close you should be rewarded shouldn't you no you shouldn't like execute some basic football stuff right and mm. so i i don't like it as a rule i can live with it as long as the ball is returnable but too often we see it where it's not returnable and it decides games. So, um, I would have liked to have seen them do a little bit more with that role.
1: How do you feel about the automatic now 15 yard, no yards penalty? That's kind of a subjective. It's, it's awful hard for the refs. You'll see replays. Wow. He was outside the halo. How's that? No yards? So it's really hard for a ref to kind of call that at the best of times. But how do you feel about expanding it to 15 yards now?
6: Well, you know, I kind of thought they'd go halfway and go to 10. Yeah. Um, and I do agree with the, the rationale and the quote in the re- release today that there are coaches absolutely, when the ball bounces, that tell their, kick, their kicking team, don't worry about it. Take the five yards. Right. Right? We don't want to give up a return. That is absolutely happening. So they're trying to find a way to get that out of the game. So I get it. It makes it really difficult for the coverage team to get away, but it'd be nice to at least see them try.
1: Farhan, uh, lastly, back to hockey for a second. I got the, the great gang from the Keniston Super Draft coming up here next. And usually when you take drafts, I don't know if you go in drafts. I don't go in too many. But the theory that a lot of people use is let's pick who you think the final four teams are going to be. So that will give you the best chance to uh, make it. If you, were to, if you were to just look at it right now, uh, final four teams in the NHL playoffs as it sits today, who, would, who do you think is going to be the final four?
6: Um, I think Calgary and Colorado, I, I know those are easy, but I, I do think that's going to happen. I know that Minnesota's really improved and could be a dangerous team, but I, I think in the end uh, those two teams are still too good right now. Um, I think on the other side, I think it's going to be Florida this time. Mm-hmm. Um, camp is not as deep as they were previously, so I think Florida gets through. And um, Metropolitan Division, I don't know. Who do you, what do you think?
3: Uh,
1: I don't know. I don't I don't know, actually. That's the one I've been struggling with. Rangers?
6: Yeah, if Sturkin can carry them maybe, but I you know, I, I don't have as Boston an opinion on that division.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I, I I will tell you, I disagree with you. I know I'm 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 wearing an Oilers hoodie as I say this. I think the Edmonton Oilers are going to play the Colorado Avalanche in the West Final. I really believe that. I think Mike. Yeah,
6: I, their their goaltending is just not good enough.
1: But not good enough, Farhan. Ten goals in the last eight games. Mike Smith's got the powerful man bun. He's a shoot to win board now. Come on, man. They're rolling. Get on the
6: Oiler train, Farhan. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling that. Uh, you know, defensively they've still got some challenges, and yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like you're right. He's been better of late, but uh, if you're asking me to take Mike Smith or Jacob Markstrom, I'm taking Jacob Markstrom every
2: day. Hey Farhan,
1: I'm the Hall of Famer on this show. You're supposed to follow what I say. Thanks a lot, Farhan. I appreciate
6: that. <laughs> you're the you're the Oilers shirt wearer. Come
1: on. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little biased. Anyway, Farhan, thanks for this. Enjoy the draft. We'll check in with you Friday and uh, kind of sum things up. Okay. Sounds like fun. All right. That's Farhan Lalji from TSN, the NFL Draft, talking rule changes in the CFL. If you missed any of this show, you could check it out on our podcast, and that podcast is uh, brought to you by, uh, where is it? Right there it is. Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. Our province's older people deserve to live independently and affordably in their own communities and homes. Learn more and join the movement at skseniorsmechanism.ca. And this show is brought to you by Spreads.ca. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, thanks for making us part of your day. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. And if you're traveling to Saskatoon, you pass by Keniston. You see the rink, and on the side it says, Home of the Super Draft. And that's what we're talking about. Playoffs right around the corner. My Edmonton Oilers just clinched second in the NHL's Pacific Division. They take on the LA Kings. I can't wait for somebody to light it up by Somebody, I mean, McDavid and Drysidle. A lot of people will pick those guys in drafts, but will they take Yamamoto? Maybe they'll take Nuge. Drafts are great, man, for trash talking and for winning money. Time now to talk to the uh, committee chairman of the Super Draft in Keniston. That would be Don George. How are you today, Don? I am very good. Thank you very much. The Super Draft. How long has it been going on for, Don? We've
5: been, uh, we started in 1984.
1: Wow, 19. and and whose I were you around in 84 as far as doing the draft, being a part of the committee and and who decided to do this draft?
5: Uh yes, I was. Uh <laughs> actually it was my my brother-in-law Barry Furby said to me that uh, you know that we have all these office pools or you know little pools around. He said, uh do you think it would work if we did it on a bigger scale for the Lions Club? And so that's how it kind of started. It uh we started out as uh Thinking that it would uh be a fundraiser for our lions club, and uh, it actually just took off and got far bigger than we ever dreamt it could be
1: wow it's almost forty years running now, lots of great stories I'm sure in the draft now what's the most somebody's won in this draft?
5: Well, in a regular season, our first prize is uh you know thirty thousand wow. and uh, you know, and some, some guys have you know, sometimes that they put in multiple entries, you know, the guy that won first probably is one gets a little bit extra.
1: Oh yeah, good. That's but, good. In terms of entering, can anybody enter who's eligible? How do you how do you go about entering for this draft?
5: Anybody's eligible, uh the draft you can enter by email or telephone, fax or regular mail and uh you just uh you pick the top 32 guys who you think are going to be the best in the playoffs right now, and uh, you send them to the Kennison Super Draft.
1: Don, do you have a strategy when you go in? First of all, do you go in this draft? And if you do, do you have a strategy yourself? Like, do you look at, okay, I think these are going to be the last four teams standing, or how do you go about doing it?
5: I don't actually play myself, but that is the strategy. You have to, in the playoffs, you have to uh, you know, pick the winning teams. You have to pick about the... You know, basically the last four teams that are going to be there and because those are the players that on those teams that are going to get the most points. And uh, so, I mean, that's what people try to do. Usually the ones when I look at the entries that have come in, you know, the ones that end up near the top are the ones who are lucky enough to pick their proper teams.
1: Yeah, no kidding. All right, and I I mean, you look at the favorites this year, Florida would be one, Tampa. uh, You might get the regular uh, Leaf fans that somehow will look past their first-round flaws and say, okay, I'm going to go with the Leafs. be. A lot of Calgary Flame fans this year. I know back in the day, like 1990, John Drews. Nobody heard of this John Drews guy. Washington Capital guy. I think they went to the Final Four that year against Boston, and he cleaned up. He was an under-the-radar guy. And then I'm an Oiler guy. Fernando Pisani in 2006. That dude, I think, had 14 goals in the playoffs. Way more than he had in the regular season. and, And they got all the way to the Stanley Cup Final Game 7, so whoever picked Fernando Pisani probably Won the Keniston Super Draft. Uh, in terms of getting into the draft, Don, how do you go about doing it? In terms of like, what does it cost you to get into the draft?
5: Well, you can. Uh, there's actually like we have two parts to the draft, and the regular one where you pick the 32 players mm-hmm. uh, off the teams. That's uh, it's $40 for an entry, or uh, if you want to play three for a hundred, you can, or you can play seven for two hundred. And then also we have a part that's called Super 8. And in that one, there's four boxes of 10 players. And uh, for a $10 entry fee, you can pick uh, two players out of each box. Okay. And uh, you can play as many of those as you want.
1: Okay. I don't, and
5: they're $10 a piece.
1: Don, do you have a favorite team? Do you have a favorite team in general? And do you have a favorite team this year? You're kind of eyeing. I know you don't play, but where, where would you be leaning, Don?
5: Well, I mean, if you, I can pretty well tell you that, uh, you know, I'm like everybody else. I look at like Colorado and Florida. Yeah. yeah. You know it, but uh, there's always some team that really uh, that comes up, and I mean, a team built like Calgary who play very well defensively. You know, uh, they do those kind of teams. Another one's Nashville, is a team or Minnesota that play very well defensively, they could be a surprise in the playoffs.
1: My Edmonton Oilers are going to make it to the West Final. You realize that, Don? Because they got the L.A. Kings. They're going to steamroll L.A. They got Calgary in the Battle of Alberta. Throw, As they like to say, Don, throw the records out the window. Let's go. They haven't had a Battle of Alberta <laughs> since 1991. We're going to beat the Flames and go and play Colorado Then it's anybody's guess. You mark this down, Don. Anybody listening to the Super Draft, the Edmonton Oilers are the sleeper team. They got the four. Let's cheer for the old guys, Don, like me and you. Mike Smith is standing on his head right now with the man bun. The guy's a shoot-to-win board. He's only given up 10, uh, 10 goals in the last eight games. Come on, Mike, or come on, Don. Get on the Mike smith edmonton Oilers train. Come on,
5: man. Okay, I'll tell you what. If Edmonton makes it to the Western Finals, uh-huh. Mike Smith will have to stand on his head. <laughs> I can tell you that.
1: (laughs) That's good. Hey, lastly, two more questions. Uh, When's the deadline to get in on the draft?
5: It is Sunday night, May 1st at 11 p.m. Central Standard Time.
1: Okay, and where can they go to get more information? Is there like a website or a Facebook page? I know you have one of those.
5: Yep, Uh, go to www.superdraft.com.
1: Okay, and lastly, this is a big part, too. It's a win-win kind of thing. You're helping yourself out if you win, having some fun with your buddies, trash talking and all that type of stuff, like Don there uh, trying to put me in my place about Mike Smith. But, Don, the other part of it is the cash goes where? This is a fundraising component for your town. Where does the money go?
5: Well, the bulk of it goes uh, to our, like, uh, keep going, our skating rink, our swimming pool, and our community center. And then also we... You know, there's other uh, charities that we give to sometimes, you know, like things throughout the school or, mm-hmm. and in the past we've given like uh, to the STARS, you know, ambulance, uh, you know, things like City Hospital in Saskatoon Foundation, RUH Foundation Hospital, or Children's Wish. We've done some of that too. And, uh, you know, we do so, you know, we try to always, it, it depends a bit on how well we our financially, after we do our things, then we try to, you know, we put money towards some charities and some some goodwill throughout.
1: Awesome, man. It's great. Hockey and goodwill, they go hand in hand. It's the 38th annual Keniston Super Draft. Make sure you get in. you got uh, till Sunday to do it. Thanks, Don. Take care. Enjoy the playoffs, and go Oilers, go.
5: Okay, go Edmonton.
0: Welcome to the Manny Show with Manny Arsenault.
1: Yeah, the Manny Show. Wherever he goes, he's a show. Manny Show joining us in the Western Pizza Hotline and the show brought to you by Spreads.ca. By the way, this segment of the show is brought to you by your friends at Nick's Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson, Challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Call 781-1077. How are you today, Manny?
7: Man, what's going on?
1: Nice to talk to you. so how often are you working out a day in preparation for training camp?
7: Um, Four days a week, um, two a day, Tuesday, Thursday, one-on-ones, routes on there, and then some weekend work. So, yeah, I'm full-time.
1: Okay, so who are you running one-on-ones against? Who are you lining up against Um, there?
7: Money Horner, Money Hunter, that's with Ottawa, Pat, that's with Hamilton, that just signed with Montreal last week. Then we got a couple NFL um, DBs that's out here as well.
1: Okay. So, uh, Manny, what's the one route you got to brush up on? What's the one- I know you've been playing all along over there at Frisco. You were playing. It's not like you were sitting out. But what's yeah, the one? Nah,
7: what- I've been mastering the entire route tree, Um, learning to play with different tempos, doing things. Because in this game, you only need to run as fast as you're supposed to, depending on the concept that's being called. Being that when you're a veteran, you understand how the game mm. is played and everything isn't 100 miles per hour.
1: So it can serve your energy, so to speak. And you probably think the game two steps ahead than young Manny Arsenal, right?
7: Yeah, man. You know, you've got to play smarter, not harder. But I've um, been in the weight room, been on the field, doing all the work because my whole thing is to come in, you know, compete, mentor – But also look for a spot on special teams as well, Um, being that's one of the biggest part of my games, you know, something that I'm great at. So my whole thing is being able to contribute in any way possible um, to help this Elks organization shift the culture and make some noise in 2022.
1: Yeah, so help me out here. When's the last time you've been uh, like uh, a regular on special teams? Were you with, I can't, forget me, I can't remember last time you were with the Riders, were you?
7: I I would sprinkle in and out, but it might have been since 16 or somewhere back then. But, um, yeah, in the indoor game, heck, I led the team in special team tackles. But on the outdoor field, it was um, back in B.C. It would only be for matchups to actually cover one of the team's best tackler or having a matchup like against – what's his name? Um, Miller Mm -hmm. at the time, I believe, was with Edmonton, if I'm not mistaken. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
1: so. So, uh, Manny Arsenal, what has Coach Jones uh, told you? I know we had you on before, but has he told you you're going to figure prominently like he's looking for you at, not only to be kind of like a player, Coach, we talked about that, but come in and do some special team stuff?
7: Man, nah, he didn't even speak on that. His whole thing is, man, come in, be who you are, and what we expect is the leadership, the, um, the energy, and um, what you've done over the course of years while playing in the CFL. I don't have to come up there to pretend and be something that I'm not. I don't have anyone looking over my shoulder. The thing is, how can you help make this organization better and and continue to be the pro that I am? So it's just like, hey, man, we're bringing in Manny Arsenault, and we want the Manny Arsenault, who we've seen over the years, put in work.
1: Mm -hmm. So Manny Arsenault, when you came up to the CFL, um, give me a rule or two that you really liked.
7: Um, For me, I think it would be... uh, Man, I guess the rules that I kind of like, man, was the fact of the motions.
3: Mm-hmm. You can
7: move horizontally. You got the waggle. That was new to me. And um, But it was some rules that I was in the league for years and just didn't see or just realize it was like the last guy to tap the ball. You have the possession of it. But if I was a returner, I like the fact you have the halo rules. Those kind of things. Um, that help as well, but it's interesting because some rules I don't know until it actually happened in the game. <laughs> I'm wondering what's going on, like the kick out, the kickback rule, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, so they've changed some of the rules. I don't know if you saw this or not, but they've moved the hash marks now so it's not such a wide-side throw. So the hash marks uh, are balancing the field out. So we don't just, in, in our league, as you know, you just kind of throw that that wide receiver out there that you weren't really going to use, and he, stayed, he was usually the Canadian guy, and we'll throw him real wide, and we'll kind of have our weakest DB be out there and cover him. That's kind of going away now with the way they're configuring the field. How do you like moving the hash marks in?
7: Man, it's kind of – it's cool. Um, you know, when I played what it was under McAdoo, then a few other um, OCs, you know, they have you split the difference to the field. So you're always playing like 11-man football. So they don't leave the Z out there in no man's land. So by them doing that, man, I think it's better for the entire league. And um, so now a lot of concepts due to the CFL being based off spacing, and it's just to change a few of those things. Where you might have to spread guys out now, other than bringing everyone in, but I just think you know whether to help the game um, if they considering it as something that can help grow the brand. And I know a lot of folks looking at that touchdowns and offensive things was down, and I think a lot of that was due to the pandemic. Yeah, but, yeah, you know what, okay. you you, you yeah. raise a
1: good point, Manny, because. Only once in the last 19 years has the NFL outscored the CFL. We have one less down on offense per series, and only one time, and it was last year, and that's because, like you said, the league was coming off a pandemic.
7: Right, right, and the NFL was kind of prepared for it. They had the bubbles, they had the camp. They ran everything as if it was a regular year, but you know with the Canadian League, you couldn't just bring in guys how you normally would, working them out. There wasn't much shuffling in the rosters what you had is what you had and what you had to work with. But, um, hopefully everything that they change and can help the growth of the game, you know, it's one of the best that's around. So I'm just all for just, you know, a good brand of football and getting folks in those stands and excited to watch some Canadian football be played.
1: Yes, for sure. Uh, Two quarterbacks will be allowed to be on the field at the same time, provided all other ratio rules are satisfied. This should allow for some imaginative play calling. How do you like that? Maybe having two quarterbacks on the field with you, Manny.
7: Man, what they about to hit, some type of wildcat. But, uh, Something like yeah, that. I think be, look, it can be helpful. You know, you might have a dual threat quarterback that's not just quite ready to be the starter, do some double um, passes, or you can get the ball into his hands because he's a – Thrower plus also a pass catcher, so you know it helped utilize guys on a roster that play multiple positions. If that kind of makes sense, so yeah.
3: yeah, it
1: does.
7: um Yeah, yeah, you kind of never know what you can expect and plays that can be made. You know, yeah. So,
1: so, yeah. so Manny Arsenal joining us in the Western Pizza Hotline, former. Uh, co-host here on the show, but of course he's back in the CFL. We won't hold him back. We want to see him on the field. We also like hearing him. We used to call it the Manny Show. Uh, We didn't come up with that name. This guy did as he is uh, strutting his stuff back in between the sidelines. They also changed the the halo rule now, so if it's no yards, it's always a 15-yard penalty, not just a 5-yard variety. Remember, it used to be if it hits the ground, it's a 5-yard variety. Now it's a 15-yard penalty, which I think is great, because special teams guys like you could maybe cheat and just tackle the guy. Who cares if it's five yards, right? So now it's a 15-yard right. penalty, right?
7: Yeah, so now you got to be disciplined. So you can see special teams coaches going to stress it a whole lot this year because, hey, man, every yard counts. So, hey, <laughs> that's something to be mindful of.
1: Yeah, hey, here's something I like. Here's something I like. I like the fact that our game here in Canada will – afford more opportunities to everybody but let's use you as the example you're coming back you're 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 proving your worth which you really don't have to but you're coming in there you're gonna bring your lunch bucket you're ready to go on special teams the kickoff has been rendered useless in the NFL we have we encourage the kicking game I think we do need to accentuate that so all these rules like I love the fact we still have kicking's a big part of this league
7: yeah nah that's tremendous man and I just think like you say it provide more jobs for guys and people to actually showcase their talent and skill set. So why try to eliminate it and take it away? And um, and you you know, football, offense, defense, special teams, and that's really a third of the game when you're speaking about Canada being two down. So I think that's awesome, man, just to have that and continue to you know, like you say, providing roster spots and jobs for guys that's out there wanting to play. So I'm all for it, man.
1: Yeah, Manny, what route? Back to the route tree. What route are you better? Yeah. Uh, what route tree? Are what route are you better at on the tree now than you were, say, like five years ago?
7: Man, you know what? I kind of worked. Um, I kind of had to learn everything um, throughout my career. But for me, you know, I like to quit game. Get the balls in my hand. Utilize my stiff arm. I can also go vertical for my speed. So it's really like all the route trees. I think more so. It'll probably be learning the different type of option routes, which you would use different body style guys like a swerve and little guys. So majority of the time I'm blocking when those guys are trying to get the ball on bubbles and swings. So it's just getting more reps at that kind of stuff, but I'm usually the guy having to protect. So, mm. But other than that, man, all the routes in the route here I'm pretty confident in And good to go with. Do you
1: appreciate training? The older you get, do you appreciate the rigors of football, like training camp, more than, say, you used to?
7: Yeah, man. I love it, man. That's what I'm all about. See, it's the the fact that I can compete and and just go out there is what gives me that adrenaline rush, man, that I look forward to, man, because only the strong survive. And look, like, my bag's packed now. That's what I'm getting (laughs) ready to go do tonight, get everything squared away, and I'm ready to um, head up north, man, just just to be back in it, to be in the locker room, be around the guys, man, and get going. It's of everything. Yeah. Uh,
1: All right. so lastly, what do you make of your quarterback room? You got seven arms going to training camp, including a young kid from Regina that got signed out of Idaho. You got Nick Arbuckle there. A lot of people don't know if he'll actually make it to training camp because of his salary. JT Barrett, there's a lot of unproven's there. What do you make of that quarterback room?
7: Man, that's gonna make the team better. No guy should be able to sit in there comfortable. So now they know they have to compete. And you know it's all about the QB room. Those guys are going at it head-to-head, head, but it's good for them to build a relationship and understand we're only going to go as far as they take us. And with the CFL being a throwing game, a passing lead, it's centered around the quarterback. Everybody knows you need at least two starting quarterbacks regardless in the CFL a lot of games to be played
1: yeah so but how much lastly I'll squeeze one more in here how much can a guy yeah. like you veteran guy played with a lot of guys has seen a lot of things good leader how much can you add to a huddle with these young guys not just your offensive you know physical talent but the mental side of the game to help these guys
7: man to let them know it's one play at a time don't beat yourself up and you know what we always focus on the next play but more so for them is being in the moment <laughs> Learning to be in the moment, man. You get caught up in competing and you put a lot of pressure on yourself thinking you got to make every throw the best throw. Every day got to be a great day. But more importantly, can you lead a group of grown men is the thing. Can you gain the respect of the locker room? Is, is, is who you are within the locker room the same guy you are on the field? So you can't just talk it. you got to be able to lead it. And being around the Jerry Jacksons, the Casey Printers, the Travis Lulays, the Kevin Glens, you know, the Codys, That was a young guy coming up. Mike Riley's having them kind of guys on your team, you see that. Because who they were on the field and off the field matched up. But they always approached the game with a mentor standpoint where guys respected them. And that's what I learned most from playing with a guy like Travis Lule, for instance. You see, it gets no better than that.
1: I love this guy, the Manny Show, Manny Arsenault, on his way to Edmonton to try out and uh, hopefully make the Edmonton Elks. Thanks for this, my friend. Uh, Safe travels, and uh, hopefully we'll run into you a few times during the year. I got you. Appreciate it. That's that's Manny Arsenault, the Manny Show, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. We're going to catch up with a young and -and up-and-coming football player, Josh White, on the other side of the U of R Rams. He's going down to play in the East-West Bowl next week. You're listening to the Sports Cage on 620
2: CKRM. 549 with the Sports Cage Sports Ticker. It's brought to you by Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. 781 2090. The Milwaukee Bucks and Chicago Bulls are underway in the first quarter. The Bucks have a 20 to 10 lead with 337 remaining in the first quarter of play. The Bucks can eliminate the Bulls tonight with a win. Elsewhere in the NBA tonight, game five, Nuggets at Warriors. Golden State up three games to one. So Golden State looks to wrap up that series. This evening, five games in the NHL, Philadelphia, Winnipeg, Canadians at the Rangers, Vegas, Chicago, Coyote Stars and the Los Angeles Kings uh, up at the Pacific Northwest taking on the Seattle Kraken, Ballsy.
1: And of course, we have the Saskatchewan uh, Sports Hall of Fame uh, induction class of 2022 announced the, in the Builders category, longtime official Tony Beerling and artist Bill Brownridge And then we had in the athletes category, pole vaulter Kelsey Henry, sprinter Harry Jerome, who has world records. And uh, man, this guy, this guy was unbelievable. He won a bronze medal in the 64 Summer Olympics. When he was 19, he ran a world record time in the 100 meters at the Olympic trials in Saskatoon. How is he just getting in now?
2: I don't I don't know.
1: And I, then Reuben Mays, <laughs> the pride of North Battleford and surrounding area, two-time running back, pro bowler. two-time pro bowler, offensive rookie of the year in 1986 with the New Orleans Saints, and he's the only Canadian player in the US college football Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah, they took uh how many years? 30, 40 years? Hey, who
1: who's a Hall of Famer? I was just checking here. Who was a Hall of Famer before Ruben Mace? Uh, Michael John Ball. That's right. The serial killer, Michael John Ball. That does sound like a... I was. I was on the 90s. That's Michael John Ball right there. That is ridiculous that I got in before Reuben Mays and this Jerome guy. Like, are you kidding me? Harry Jerome and Reuben Mays. Well, all of them. They should have lapped me. We're
2: hanging up a banner in the cage Yeah, that's right.
1: Okay, (laughs) let's head on the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. Great time to order Western Pizza. Josh White, linebacker of the University of Regina Rams. Let me go through some of these guys' stats. Ranks 10th in school history, seven-and-a-half career sacks. Started all six Can-West games for the Rams at Will Linebacker. Finished second on the team with 25-and-a-half tackles, 21 solo, nine assisted. Had a team-leading three sacks for a total loss of 24 yards. Team uh, Tied for the team lead with seven-and-a-half tackles for a loss and had two sacks and a forced fumble in Week 1 against Manitoba. He is Josh White. He's a provincial football champion with Campbell, uh, before he came to the Rams he flies around to the football how are you today Josh good how are you good man so better better to force a turnover or get a quarterback sack
8: um I don't know I think it depends when in the game you're at if you need a turnover you get a turnover but if it's third and long or second and long sorry and you get a sack there's kind of no better feeling so yeah how's the offseason been for you man working out hard Uh, Yeah, it's been good. We're just um, getting prepared for East-West Bowl here, and other than that, it's just been same old, same old.
1: Yeah, so what do you know about the East-West Bowl? Uh, New to you, it's a great uh, chance for you to turn some heads uh, and have the scouts and everybody look at you. What do you know about that?
8: Um, Yeah, it's just they went over kind of the script of the days, and there's going to be a combine on the first day we're there, and then practices, and then I think the day of the scrimmage, or Mm -hmm. the game, sorry, Mm -hmm. there's going to be a little 7-on-7 before that, so... It'll be fun. There's going to be lots of opportunity, lots of different practices and drills we're going to do, so it's it'll awesome. Be a good time.
1: That's awesome, man. So uh, are you specifically training for, like, the combine uh, skills, so to speak? I don't want to call them events, but, like, bench press, that type of thing?
8: Um, yeah, obviously just the L, drill, the shuttle, the 40, and the vertical and the bench. So just going through all those. Making sure I'm sound with them, and then obviously with the bench, making sure I'm having my best performance possible for that.
1: So. so you do 225. What do you do right now? 225. How much can you throw up there, buddy?
8: Um, I did a test last week, and at East West, I'm going to be looking to get 10 to 12. It would have been nice to have a little bit more of a notice for East West before it happened. But
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
8: yeah. good. It's good how it works. So it's it's fine as it is. But it would have yeah. been nice to have a little more time prepared. But
1: are you feeling quick?
8: Yeah, I'm feeling good.
1: What do you think your best attribute is as a football player? Take the combine. Nobody lines up and says, Hey, I bench ten, uh, two twenty five, ten. I mean, it's just it's it's a kind of an eyeball test. I think they just use it to see that you're dedicated in the weight room. But what's your best attribute as a football player, Josh White?
8: Um, I I would say my creativity to make a play, honestly, like when I am coming off the edge or if I know there needs something needs to be done, I'm gonna find a way to do it.
3: So mm-hmm.
1: I'm not
8: gonna let anything get in my way. So I would definitely say my will and creativity to go make that play or do my job, as they say.
1: Are you uh, are you a student of the game or have you become more a student of the game in terms of film work and that type of stuff?
8: Oh yeah, definitely way more of a student. Like, for instance, I'm way more sound just even knowing like O-line pass sets and things like that and just being able to understand what the offense is trying to do against you and attack your weak, point, weak points or try and get away from your strong ones. So definitely learning way more in these past years here, especially with all the down time with
1: COVID. I'm looking at your schedule. You open up in Manitoba again where you guys started the season in control and then gassed the game. You're here against Calgary. You've had some good success against Calgary. They'll be a younger team. And then I got the 17th circled when Saskatoon comes here, the U of S uh, defending conference champs. They were a whisker away from winning the Vanier Cup. How do you think you stack up this year? Because you guys, your record is not indicative of your football team, in my opinion.
8: Yeah, no, I agree. There's always the excuses which we try and stay away from, but we had plenty of injuries on the offensive side of the ball last year which obviously are going to be limit your performance and your outcomes no matter what the um turnout is but i feel like we'll stack up well we have a lot of guys that came in we have a lot of guys that are coming back and through our first winter camp here it's been looking good and then we have a mini we have a mini spring camp here before we actually head out to east west so we'll be able to see more through that
1: okay so when's that taking place
8: so that'll be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Okay, cool. Th- Sorry, not Thursday. Just just Friday, Saturday. Friday, Thursday.
1: Saturday. And then you're headed out uh, to to play it down east in the East West Bowl. That is that is outstanding. Give me one personal goal for yourself this year, just in football in general. It can be RAM related, can be personal as you try to uh, set your sights for the pros. What's a personal goal for you?
8: Um, I feel like definitely I've just been thinking it as more of a team wise or far as we can through there so
1: <laughs> you could tell a little
8: frustration
0: there for jo- josh yes, that's, what, that. that's
1: That's okay man that's okay hey, you said it i didn't so i'm okay yeah. Yeah, everybody gets your passion okay anyway man uh, i really appreciate your time and uh i i guess you know one more don't swear what's your goal yeah. for the east-west game as you head out there as you try to turn some heads
8: um the east-west game that's a good question um I don't know how the variables go of how much you get to play, but
3: for yeah.
8: a quarter or a half or whatever I do get able to get to play just to do my best, honestly. Like
3: mm-hmm. I'm gonna
8: be able to leave it all on the field if I'm only playing a quarter or a half. So mm-hmm. fly around like a like a
1: madman. I love it. I, I do love the passion. I do love and you didn't yeah. off, you didn't offend me, so I'm not offended, man. Hey, yeah, have sorry, yourself
8: sorry the viewers, though. That's sorry to
1: okay, say. man. Have yourself a great uh, night and we'll talk to you soon, man. Good luck down east, okay?
8: Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: That's a fired up Josh White. I know he just came off of work, and I forget where he works, but he also works student athlete, working, grinding, and uh, you know, I'm just. Uh, <laughs> how are you do? That's live radio. Oh, I love it. Anyway, uh, this is the Sports Cage for Spreads.ca on 620 CKRM.
0: Now we check in with the players, coaches, movers, and shakers who help build Canada's league. It's Where Are They Now?
1: And welcome to the last half an hour of the show. And this is the portion of the show where we take a walk down memory lane. It's Where Are They Now? Wednesday. By the way, I want to mention this show wouldn't be possible without our great sponsors, including Spreads.ca. Sign up using the code CKRM and they'll match your first deposit of $25 to $250. Our guest in the spotlight today former play-by-play announcer on CKRM for the Regina Pats, later the Calgary Stampeders, Kevin Gilland. How are you today, friend?
9: Great, Michael. Congratulations to you on your new uh, position. Well earned, well deserved, and certainly uh, I'm very happy for you and I'm doing well.
1: Awesome, man. Thanks for the kind words. I'll tell you what, this is this is weird. I interview Glenn Suter on a regular basis on this show, and I grew up watching him in the stands, thinking one day I'd like to broadcast Rough Rider games. But I also... Do you remember the junior sports broadcaster promotion on CKRM?
9: Yes, I started at the Pat's uh, Junior Jana Broadcaster with Olympic Fine Meats, I think it was.
1: Okay, so <laughs> Kevin Gallant, I was... <laughs> I was announced one morning as the junior broadcaster, okay? I was so pumped. I forget you did it in the morning show, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And and I'm eating breakfast and I was so happy. I went to school so pumped. And I had to miss it because I had the stomach flu on the day I was supposed to do it, and it never I never got to do it again. And you were one of my radio heroes. That was one of the <laughs> A highlights and one of the worst things that ever happened to me, Glant.
9: Well, I'm I'm very sorry I didn't get a chance to have you up in the booth. Uh, We brought a lot of kids up there over the years. Uh, It was a great promotion, and, um, you know, it was just a lot of fun to have uh, some youngster up there. And, uh, you know, I I know that a lot of teams kind of do some variation of it now, and I think it's – yeah, you know, it was it was a good it was a good promotion for uh the the partner at the time and it was just a, a whole lot of fun.
1: Yeah. So Kevin Gallant, do you remember a game or a moment that really sticks out in your mind as a play-by-play guy first for the Regina Pats?
9: Well, I guess the, the biggest thing I remember is in, you know, unfortunately it was in Kamloops and it was You know the loss to the Kamloops Junior Oilers that prevented us from going to the Western Hockey League or to the Memorial Cup. It prevented us from winning the Western Hockey League championship, and it was a Game Six, and it was just, you know, mere seconds away from going, and they tied the game up, and then won it in overtime, and we lost Game Seven. I'll, I'll never forget that, that moment. I've never. It was just a real gut punch, and it was really something I'll never ever forget. Uh, and, and you know, I had lots of other memories, and probably the most significant ones were the heydays, just all sorts of games with Dale Durkatch and uh, Dave Mikhailik and Jock Callender and Wally Shriver and Brent Pascal and Brian Varga. There was just yeah. so many great moments watching so many talented hockey players, right? I could go on and on. John Miner and, you know, it's... Um, you know but the one game that stands out is when we we kind of lost that uh game 6 that that one stung because that that was one of the best teams ever
1: i remember going to some of them playoff games like the beach ball games where the where the beach balls going around in the crowd that was uh that was elect that was electric do you keep in touch with a lot of those names
9: you just rattled off well, I talked to a few of them. Uh you know, I you know, I see like Milan Dragas played in Regina with the Pats and I've been fortunate enough to have my kids coached by by him and so I certainly talked to him. I've uh with my boy playing in Moose Jaw you know, talked to Brad Miller, but I talked to Dale Dirkatch. we tech we exchange we exchange texts probably monthly. Uh certainly uh, there's a lot of lot of the guys that I kind of keep in touch with. Um on a you know, Mike Dick is here with the Vancouver Giants coaching them, so I've chatted with him. I've run into Brad Lauer several times in the hockey circles. But uh yeah, it's 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 great to have that uh, all those those players from the past that I consider you know, you know, really, um, you know, people that I really enjoy to, to be around.
1: This is Kevin Gallant, former radio voice of the Regina Pats and of the Calgary Stampeders. We'll get to the CFL thing in a second. Uh, yeah, you like to stir it up with Moose Jaw. Now your son's playing for Moose Jaw. What's that like? Your son Matthew playing on defense. They're, of course, in a uh, really good spot now, up three games to none. But what's that like now loving the Moose Jaw Warriors?
9: Yeah, it's, it's, it's different. My two arch rivals, uh, for the Pats as a broadcaster, Moose Jaw Warriors and Saskatoon Blades, and I've got one young man playing for the Warriors as a rookie this year, and it's a, been a learning process for him, and uh, I think he had a really good uh, regular season. And it's a very talented hockey club, and it's a, it's in a great organization. Jason Ripplinger knows how to run an organization. He needs a great hockey person, very, uh, very classy uh, quality human being, and uh, and he's got great people leading him. And it's a learning process for 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 my son. He was never drafted. My other son got drafted by the Saskatoon Blades, and he'll be at Blades camp. Oh uh, wow this year and he's just uh he's just a 15 year old right now and um so you know i i could have two boys next year you know playing in the prairies that's
1: cool did you ever dream uh, back in the day when you're in the booth of the western hockey league that you would have two sons playing hockey like was that a dream i don't know if i'd no, say that's no, a
9: dream of years but i have kids if i wouldn't have left the sports business i wouldn't have met my wife and i wouldn't have you know, I got into the the food business with Maplely Foods, uh, and I've been here for over 23 years. Um, I never I never thought I'd have kids, really. And even when I married my wife, I didn't think I'd have kids, let alone having two. Uh, let alone two tremendous skaters, two real hard working kids that love the game and uh, so the scoop i 'm going to give you is that, uh, after you know being away for thirty two years from Regina, our family is moving back this august uh, late august uh, to to be closer to the kids uh, um, Mike will play for you know there's he 's got a few options to play in saskatchewan and uh, and then Matthew, you know, he's in the Western Hockey League. So if he's in Moose Jaw next year, he'll be closer to us. Uh, or aside from that, he's away nine months anyways. So, um, so I'm coming back home after leaving the Regina Pats in 1988. You know, and because uh, I left the Pats for Tri Cities of the. Western Hockey League, right?
1: Yeah. Are you kidding me? So are you coming back to Regina or Moose Jar or what? No,
9: I'm going to Regina. They're building a house for me in the creeks, and I'm pretty excited. My wife is excited as well. Got to find her a job, but I get to finalize my career with Maple Leaf and go into retirement, so I'll work another 10 months to a year in Regina, and they'll retire at Maple Leaf and uh and I'll be in uh, Saskatchewan for for a few more years just um just to be closer to my my kids who are playing hockey that uh, is
1: outstanding man that is great news that's I think everybody will be excited to hear that Kevin Gallant you leave and go to the Calgary Stampeders from 1989 to uh 1993 what do you remember about that time with the Stamps
9: Oh, I just it it was it was an awesome time. I remember uh so much. Doug Flutie was our quarterback. We won a we won a um, Grey Cup in 1992. I was, you know, really fortunate to be involved in, you know, uh, for 89 I was on the sidelines volunteering for the Saskatchewan Riders helping in media relations in 89. 1990 I got the broadcast uh, the game and work in uh, Vancouver at BC Place Stadium on the game, and then '91 and '92, the Stamps were in the Grey Cup, and it was it was really exciting. In '92, uh, we won it with Doug Flutie, and you know, Wally Buono was our head coach, and he's he's a close friend. Um, he's still probably one of the most influential people uh, for me in my life, and, and probably had more impact than anybody uh, in those four years. So. Uh, I remember a lot in Calgary because the franchise was in a real rough shape. You know, Larry Rickman ended up buying it because it was going to go bankrupt. And uh, they had all these SOS campaigns prior to that to save our Stampeders. And I, 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 I got into that job not to become the broadcaster, but they couldn't find anybody who wanted the job in 1989. They tried to hire... Um, Brian Hall from Edmonton and the city had an uproar over a potential Edmonton guy coming to be the play-by-play of the Stamps and, and anyway I told them I could do it, I did it and we had, the uh, you know we were fortunate enough to sign the biggest contract ever in the CFL at that time for Radio Rights uh, with uh, CHQR and I, I, I enjoyed it I spent uh, left halfway through the 93 season to go to Las Vegas with a former Pat, uh, Bob Strum, and start pro hockey in Las Vegas with the Thunder.
1: Wow. Oh, man, you I could talk to you for hours. I forgot about that one uh, tidbit, but 91 and 92. 91 was the beer can game with the yeah. Rocket and against Gretzky and all those guys, and 92, you win it against Winnipeg. Well, that's a nice little two-year run there.
9: Yeah, it was a 24 to 10 uh win and we you know we got our attendance up. It was it was actually a great time. Uh, Wally had this belief that uh, you know like in Calgary he didn't want to play second fiddle to the Flames and uh you know there was a lot of things that we did and uh you know we had we had our, we built a you know a really strong organization business model wise and obviously uh, Wally in the in the football side but I I enjoyed it. You know, there's many memories, like uh, 1989. It looked like we were going to have a chance to go the year the Riders won the Great Cup. And I remember Milson Jones catching a ball and going, I think, 52 yards for a touchdown to beat the uh, Stamps to go to the West Final. And that semifinal game was at... uh, McMahon Stadium. I I remember, you know, being flattened, and then, you know, going into do a post game show with Larry Kahark and he started dropping f bombs on the radio, and (laughs) it was, it was an experience. And the following year, they promoted Wally Buono to be the GM and head coach, which was just awesome because he, he was. An absolute delight to work with.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Lastly, Kevin, talk about that. I, I guess you probably weren't shocked that hockey took off in Vegas. It looks like the Golden Knights are in tough to make the playoffs, uh, but uh you couldn't start a, a franchise both on and off the ice better in the NHL than the Vegas Golden Knights did. But you were there before that. So uh were you know you're not shocked that Vegas is is a hockey city?
9: No, not really. They just needed a really good facility. We played out of the Thomas and Mac, so as a broadcaster, you couldn't see one corner of the rink, right? Yeah. Like, and And you could imagine from the fan experience, you couldn't as well. But, you know, we averaged 8,000 or 9,000 fans back then uh, in Las Vegas, uh, so it was um, – you know it was it, it was a real education and we started kind of like minor hockey and getting hockey going there there was an east coast league there some somewhere after at the orleans but you know it was it was absolutely uh you know a a great experience in las vegas working for for bob strom and 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 you know we had higher ratings on tv than the unlv running rebels basketball team at that time um i got to meet lots of you know i got to meet a lot of celebrities trust me in las vegas it was quite the uh it was quite the time and the team finished first uh and then lost out in the playoffs. And then uh, the second year, very strong team. Mm. We we actually the NHL had a strike, and we had we hosted like Boston, Chicago, our team uh, in a in a tournament before the NHL strike. And Mano Rayon played a game there for for us. We had signed her. She was the backup to Clint Malarchuk for a little while there. Yeah. And, you know, we just, it was just a lot of fun. It was quite a different city for me to live in. I was a little uh, shell-shocked and uh, probably not as mature as I should have been going into Las <laughs> Vegas back then in, uh, in uh, or, you know, early 90s. But it was hard to leave uh, Calgary and the Stampeders, but uh, Larry Rickman was running the show, and I was very concerned and very worried. He wasn't going to give me a Grey Cup ring, and... Um, I found out I was going to get one, and it wasn't with diamonds. And oh, and no. Wally stepped in and helped me out, and that was kind of like the final thing in my books. I said, you know, he uh, he was a different he was a different cat, uh, and he was still the owner. And I just felt like now nah, now's the time to go and get back into hockey, which was my which was my first love, and uh, more so than. Than you know football.
1: Now things come full circle. Kevin Gallant is back in Regina. You heard it right here on the sports cage. He's moving back. Your two sons playing in the Western Hockey League. By the way, lastly, quickly, uh, Warriors in a sweep. Like that's crazy, I, man.
9: I, you know, I've watched. They're playing really good. This is a good hockey club. Uh, against Saskatoon, it's kind of funny because my youngest, who's not in the Western Hockey League yet, I might yeah, want to yeah. just draft it. And uh, he will be though. Yeah, I'm hoping he will be, but it's it's going to take time. But uh, he's watching, kind of cheering for his Blades, and then we're watching, cheering for the Warriors. It's it's an interesting dynamic for sure. And uh, but Moose Jaw, as I said, is well coached, uh, but they have a very strong structure of an organization a great from top to bottom and uh, I think that uh you know it's really easy to see how how well organized and how well run they are. Mm-hmm. And um they're going to they're gonna give some teams uh they already have this year a run for their money and uh who knows what they can do. When you get a hot goaltender and strong defense and that's what they have um, you know anything can happen because they certainly got enough offense to uh, to win hockey games. So, but more importantly, it really looks like a close team for me from the outside. Yeah. I'm hearing from my son, and uh, and again, that's kudos to the management of that team. That's um, you know they always say it's all about the players, but sometimes I really believe it's about the environment that management creates, and I think that that organization. Has done a marvelous job.
1: Culture, that's what I Very like to say.
9: easy to, yeah. to say that, even mm-hmm. though I was a former Pat. And I haven't, since my kid joined the Regina, or the Moose Jaw Warriors, I haven't worn any of my Pat stuff. He told me not to.
1: Well, <laughs> smart move, Dad. Hey, thanks for your time, Kevin Glant. I appreciate it.
9: Take care, Michael. Thanks, Congrats. Man.
7: And
1: we're headed down the home stretch here. A reminder, tomorrow we're live at the Queensbury Center for the 53rd annual Regina Rams Sportsman's Dinner. And it's going to feature Mike Pinball Clements and our buddy Craig Dickinson, who will join us live on set 605. We'll get his take on the rule changes that were proposed today in the CFL. We'll also catch up not proposed, are going to happen. Uh, we're going to talk with Bob Stoffer of the Edmonton Oilers Radio Network. Gord Pritchard, the new and first CEO of the Regina Pats. Um, they've got their uh, Regina Pats sports and entertainment organization. He's the CEO. Don Hugh will join us. We'll hear from Mike Reagan of the Flynn Flon Bombers and Glenn Suter, too. So we've got a jam-packed show. And maybe even Dwayne Mason, running backs coach for the nice. love Regina Dwayne. Rams. Yeah, I love Dwayne. Dwayne's a good guy. Let's talk uh, Zinger. The outstanding producer on the other side of the glass about these rule changes. A uh, hash marks in the CFL fields will be moved closer to the center field. Each one will be 28 yards from the nearest sideline instead of 24 yards. As a result, they will be nine yards apart instead of 17 yards apart. It it gets it, it lets you utilize the whole field.
2: Yeah, my, the biggest question uh, for me when I first saw the hash mark news was what are they going to do with the fields, right? But we you answered that earlier with the statement. I, I believe the Riders released a statement today. They're going to be working on that mm-hmm. because a lot of people think that it's uh, everything's painted on that field, but it's like most of it's stitching right so they have to it's actually
1: re- a very good point i'm glad you brought that up buddy i'm just going to reiterate what the writer said i got this from ariel Zer, their communications guru she said According to the rider's statement from the team, we're currently working with the city of Regina to get the turf re-sewn to align with the new hash mark locations announced by the CFL. We hope to have this in place for our preseason game May 23rd. However, as we share Mosaic Stadium with other community groups, timing may not allow us to have the work completed by then. If this is the case, we will need to use a temporary option like paint for the preseason before the permanent work is completed. This change will come with a cost that will be covered by the Rough Riders, but we fully support the new rule and are excited to see the changes it will have on our game. So that's some good news. Also, uh, the kickoffs will be from the 30, not the 35-yard line, for any reason, uh, except for if there's a safety, it'll be from the 20 instead of the 25. And if a team gets a field goal or misses, and that, that team gives up a single point. So say the Stampeders kick a field goal and the Riders get the ball, they can take it. it used to be on the 35, it's now it'll 40. be on the 40. Yeah. And if Calgary misses the field goal, like Paradis was wont to do in the uh, semifinal, <laughs> uh, then we'd get it on the 40 instead of the 35-yard line if we gave up a point. The halo now, the, the no yards, it's a 15-yard penalty if you get caught. doesn't matter if it hits oh. the ground. I don't mind that actually. That
2: that's good. It's going to create some frustrating times though both ways, especially, you know. Yeah,
1: but teams were <laughs> teams were pulling a fast one and just tackling that's the guy. That's true.
2: That's true. It's one of those it's one of those judgment calls. Don't ballsy, don't you think like I'm looking at all these rules right now. We had one supposed down year. I know. Coming off the pandemic and like these are some pretty drastic changes like literally moving hash marks on the field yeah. and this that and this. Like, you got to be
1: careful because I'm an, like, at heart, I'm an offensive guy, even though my kid's a defensive guy. So I'm kind of flipping the mentality. But you got to want, like, listen, I don't want 45 42 games all the time. It's going to get boring. I'd like to see 27 23. Like, we're already seeing
2: too much of the, you know, too much against the defense already, Yeah. Ten, ten changes, I think I counted here. Ten changes. Well, some of
1: them aren't bad. You're, you can have two quarterbacks
2: on the field, so that may be more gadget plays. That'll be cool. That'll open it up. I like the help for the referees and the headset to, uh, you know...
1: Yeah, so there's the circumstances under which the command center's allowed to help on-field officials without a coach's challenge or an official's huddle will be expanded to include possession rulings, boundary rulings, and administrative rules, such as a formation without an end or an eligible receivers downfield you mentioned the communications coordinator from the officiating department connected to the on field officials via headset communication will be embedded on each team's bench now this is going to allow for info to be shared with coaches without requiring the referee to approach the sidelines therefore improving game flow so I I like those I like those rule changes
2: um quarters can end on a penalty now
1: that's right. Now, now there is a provision in there, Zinger, that they can still stay the way they used to. Yeah. So a penalty that occurs at the end of the first and third quarter will be assigned at the start of the next quarter rather than triggering an extension of the quarter. Now, the non-offending team, so let's say Calgary takes a penalty rub it in, <laughs> and uh, or Winnipeg, and Saskatchewan's the non-defending team, then the Riders could still insist the penalty be imposed within the quarter if there's a clear advantage. Keep
2: the wind, vice such versa. Such as the
1: wind yeah. or anything like that, right? So there are some good rules. I don't yep, have any yep. problem with that, but you're right, it's one down year. It's just I'm, a
2: lot to take in. Now it I'm is.
1: really interested in this, singer. What are they going to do? We still don't have... Those are the rules. What about nationalization of Americans. What about the ratio? What about
2: all that? I'm interested in that. That's still to come down. Dad, and I can't believe we don't know that as of April.
1: Well, never mind that. We've had an offseason and no CBA, and we signed guys to contracts.
2: April 27th, and Crazy. We're, we're changing marks on the field like a couple well, weeks hey, before. But dude, hey, I-
1: it's a different league. This league's always been different, and the NFL has looked to our league, not the USFL, yeah. not the XFL, not the AAF. They've looked to our League for changing rules. If Rand,
2: if Randy thinks it's good for the league, sorry for cutting you off, no. ballsy. then I'm for it, you know what I mean? It's just well, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot, but uh, I don't think um, I don't as of right now, I don't think I'm for it, but <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see at the uh, end of the uh, year. You're
1: more a traditionalist guy. I am yeah. too, but I'm not I don't I'm not automatically offended by these. Where I'm going to die on the hill is messing with my Canadians. Because yeah. if we want to have an American league and I'm not against Americans. If we want a totally American league, I'm watching that in the USFL right now, and it's
2: hot garbage. Bad, bad, bad ball. Hot garbage. Great production, bad ball.
1: Yeah. Anyway, coming up tomorrow on the big show. Uh, We got lots in store. We're coming to you live from the Queensbury Center uh, for the Rams dinner. If you missed any of this show, well, you make sure you tune in to the podcast brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism. This show is brought to you by spreads.ca. Get yourself signed up there, bet on some sports like I just did. I picked my Padres to beat the Cincinnati Reds, and I did take the Milwaukee Bucks to beat the Bulls. And right now they're up by 20 points, 53, well, 18 points, 53, 35. Zinger at night is up next if he can see the screen because he forgot his glasses. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
2: The Sports Cage Podcast is brought to you by Saskatchewan Seniors Mechanism, working to make affordable home supports for seniors a reality. skseniorsmechanism.ca